On today's episode of the John Campy Show podcast, the upcoming Golden Globes can't seem to find a TV home, so it might actually just be streaming. Also, some of you may know that Gal Gadot was originally offered the role of Feyora in Man of Steel, but should she have taken that over the role of Wonder Woman? Also, James Wan's Atomic Monster is apparently developing a live-action Gargoyles series. I know Chris Carr is very excited yeah. about that. That and the Marvel's new TV spot just kind of hinted and teased the audience that Thor may show up in the movie. Anyway, that and a whole bunch more of the John Campbell Show podcast starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campbell Show podcast, coming to you right here in our quaint little studio, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies and movie news, TV and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. Not just giving you our opinions, but hopefully giving you some information, history, and context so you guys can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or completely different than ours. Joining me in studio today, got Ray Ora. Whoop, whoop. Jonathan Voikos here. <laughs> right beside Jonathan, we got Chris Carr. Hey, everybody. And most importantly, you guys are here. Thanks so much for being here, guys. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to start off by talking about those topics I just listed off. And then in the last part of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, we already asked our beloved channel members to send in their topics and questions. But also, if you guys are watching live, you guys can use the Super Chat feature to also send in some topics and questions. And if those are topics or questions that are appropriate for us to address on the show, We'll address them in the last part of the show. Also want to remind you guys that this is uh, primarily a podcast. So if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, make sure you know that we also have an audio-only version called the John Campia Show Podcast. And we also include not just this show, but Open Mic goes on that podcast feed as well. So if you want a double dose of fun, make sure you go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever your favorite podcasting app of choice is, and subscribe to the podcast. So when you need an audio-only version, it'll be there when you need it. All right, guys. With that all down, let's get into this, shall we? So apparently the Golden Globes, you know, they went through a lot of controversy and they lost their TV partners. And it looks like they haven't been able to get a TV partner back on board again. Now they're talking about maybe just streaming the awards. Now, look, you guys know, if you've watched me for any period of time, that I am traditionally not the biggest fan of the Golden Globes. I personally think they're uh, completely useless. Uh, not worth the paper that the award winners' names are written on. And I've hung out a long list of reasons why. They have always, though, put on a really good show. <laughs> I, I, I've always given them that. I, they put on a great show. Now, the last couple of years, they've gone through a mountain of controversy on many different fronts that led ultimately to the Golden Globes and the Hollywood Foreign Press selling themselves to a couple of companies, one of which being uh, Dick Clark Productions. And... Even I got to say, I'll give credit where it's due. They've been making some good moves behind the scenes, adding a new category like best, uh, what was it? Best comedy best special. Comedy. It was, I think that's a good category to add. They've massively increased the voting base, which has always been one of the big problems of the Golden Globe. So I'm, I'm not exactly a Golden Globe fan now, but I will give credit where it's due. They've been making some nice strides. So will we see the Golden Globes broadcast this year? Apparently not. Uh, this <laughs> comes to us from the wrap. They write the following. 
As the Golden Globe Awards still struggle to find a broadcast partner for the 2024 ceremony, Eldridge Industries CEO Todd Boley, that's the other partner company with the Dick Clark Productions that bought the Golden Globes, told CNBC Monday that they are likely going to quote-unquote transition to streaming. I doubt we'll be on NBC, which has been a traditional home for them. I doubt we'll be on NBC. There's a giant transition going on. Streaming is becoming part and parcel with where the world's headed, Bowie said, interviewing on Closed Bell. The flexibility that we can do on a streaming environment is very different from what we can do on a broadcaster. I think we're going to take advantage of that flexibility. Translation, we called every network and they said no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just translating executive to you. you know, for those of you who don't speak executive, that's him saying we called every network in our little black book of one night stand hookup TV partners. And they all said, I'm sorry, I'm washing my hair. None of them are available. And they all said, no, we don't want to be in the Golden Globe business. So they say, well, we're going to transition to streaming because that's, that's where it's all at anyway. But you know what? In reality, might not be that bad of a thing. Uh, look, it is bad in the sense that the Golden Globes and the Hollywood Foreign Press press just wants exposure. They, that's every the whole reason they do the Golden Globes is to get exposure for the Hollywood Foreign Press, and the best way for them to get that is to be on a network and to actually broadcast, make it a televised event. Nobody wants to be in the Golden Globe business right now, though. But he's not wrong when he says that doing it as a streaming event offers them some flexibility that doing it live on network may not offer them. And like I said before, as much as I think the Golden Globes are useless, they do put on a better show than the Oscars do. And that might only be heightened by moving it into a streaming environment. There might be some interactive things they can do and things like that. Again, it would be better if they were on NBC, yes, but I think there are some upsides for them going to streaming. Anyway, Chris, you heard about this. I think what they were originally hoping is with the acquisition, with new leadership running it, with the changes they've been making behind the scenes, I think they were kind of hoping that, you know, the networks that dropped them after all the controversy might be more amenable to opening back up and being there. But I mean, I think this is a situation where they can make something good out of a bad situation. I don't know. What did you think about this? Well, who wants to buy or stream or promote an award show where no actors and talent are going to show up potentially? Well, yeah, I mean, there's that too. I feel like that's possibly the biggest factor here is yes, they've made all these changes, but it doesn't matter if no one's going to come. When is the Golden Globe supposed to be like January? January. Oh, January. Oh God. Oh, God. And it is probably January. more likely that we're not going to have any actors in January. That's, I feel like is the really big thing stopping people here is, okay, well, if we do decide to put it on primetime, who's going to be there? Because people who are, you know, inside our bubble are going to be very excited about, you know, the writing or cinematography or other categories, right? Even if it is the Golden Globes. I know that they're not your favorite. Even then, you know, we sign up for some of those other categories. The other folks who are tuning into this, it is for red carpet. It is for your text chain where you're talking about who's wearing what. It mm. is for seeing these celebrities promote other projects or seeing sneak peeks of things. A lot of it comes down to those acting awards because of the kind of cult of celebrity mm -hmm. that we celebrate. And without that, you're not going to have as many buyers, period. 
So once that gets resolved, then I can see somebody maybe being more enticed by this because of the changes they've made by diversifying, by changing up things, by adding a few good categories, and then also the ones that are just desperate grabs for yeah. attention. They need to add a Taylor Swift uh, category. They truly need <laughs> so, a Taylor Swift category. That's the best only Taylor, thing they can guarantee you to get her there. Who's the best, who's if, the best Taylor if Swift? If they could get Taylor Swift to host the Golden Globes, yeah. then they'd be doing okay. But until we get the whole actor strike resolved, why are you going to promote any awards show where so much of your audience's draw is seeing those stars? But I mean, can it, can it be said, though, that that's probably a non-factor because they're not going to have the Golden Globes until the, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, no one's told me this, but I'm just going to assume they will push the Golden Globes until after the actors strike. Sure, is but done. are you going to put money on something that's not tangible? Do you want to buy something <laughs> that you don't have the product? They do it in Hollywood all the time, but you're right. They shouldn't. I, I don't know, guys, what do you think? It sounds like the networks aren't wanting to be in the Golden Globes business right now. I mean, the networks did drop them before. Are they ready to come back? Is it a matter of just they want to see when the actor strike is going to be over? Whatever you guys think, let us know. All right. With that down, guys, let's move on to this, shall we? Uh, some of you may not know that uh, back around 2011, 2012, uh, a young model by the name of Gal Gadot was offered the role of Theora in Man of Steel. And that is actually the topic of today's Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. Listen, guys, if you've got a topic or a question for the show and you'd like to hear your voice on our show, go ahead and call our Mint Mobile hotline anytime, 24 hours a day at 951-268-4259. Every day we pick out one or two of these to go. And this one is about, should uh, Gal Gadot have taken the Fiora role? Check it out. Hey, John, this is Alan. Do you think Gal Gadot would have been better served to have taken the role of Fiora over Wonder Woman? Because if you think about it, in the Wonder Woman movie she's been in, hasn't really accentuated her acting ability, for one. And two, there's been one good movie and one average movie. And also, it would have, I think it would have been very nice for the fans to see her go toe-to-toe with Henry Cavill's Superman as well as Fiora. So what do you think about that? Do you think she, she missed out on playing Fiora? But do you think she made the right choice in taking the Wonder Woman role? Thanks. Love to hear your thoughts. All right. So, again, back in the day, uh, some people may have known or, or not known, she was actually offered the role of Feora. But she did not turn down the role in order to play Wonder Woman. Like, it's not like they came to her and said, hey, do you want to play Feora or do you want to play Wonder Woman? They offered the role of Feora. But as Gal Gadot specified in a 2015 interview, when they came to her and offered that role, she was four months pregnant. And so it was just not going to work. Now, she goes on to say, and like, you know, hey, it all worked out because like if I had played Feora, I couldn't have been Wonder Woman and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, when you say that the role of Wonder Woman didn't really give Gal an opportunity to show off her acting prowess, I would ask what acting prowess? Um, look guys, I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. Listen, I have become a fan of the person Gal Gadot. The more I've seen her in interviews and especially back in when they did DC fandom and she did the Wonder Woman 84 cause she kind of like held court running that Wonder Woman 84 panel. And you really got to see her personality shine. She's got Dwayne, not on the same level, but Dwayne, the rock Johnson kind of natural personality and charisma and I became actually kind of enamored with her when she was doing that. However, she has never been a strong actress. 
And I, I, I'm sorry, but as the years have passed, every project she does has just proved it. Did you see Heart of Stone? <laughs> Did you see Death on the Nile? Did you see Red Notice? Like, she's not that strong of an actress. On the other side, though, the actress they got to play Feora, Antun, how do we say we pronounce her name? It's a German name. Oh. Ante Strau, is that it? Yeah, I, I, I've, I mean, when you read the name, it's, it's a difficult one Antia. to pronounce. It was Antia. Antia. Okay, but Antia, I'm married to a German, played but I can't speak it. Feora, she owned that role. She projected this menacing presence that rivaled that of Zod himself and said one of the most, to me, one of my favorite lines in all of comic book movies. And she said it and she, she put so much into this line because it's not just the line, it's the way she says it. That line when she says to Kal-El, for every one you save, we will kill a million more. There's a malice in the way she says it, a heartlessness and an almost carefreeness about it, a matter of factness soaked in, in an underlying malice that she elevated the material and the line, something that Gal Gadot has never been able to do. Gal Gadot has never been able to elevate the material that she's given. And Ante, or however we said we pronounce her name, <laughs> She took that, she took Feora and she elevated it and she made it memorable. And all of us talk about Feora. Whenever Man of Steel comes up, people want to talk about Feora. And part is because of her performance. Now, if Gal had been given the option to play Feora or Wonder Woman, I think clearly the right decision would have been to play Wonder Woman. I mean, ultimately, Feora got to be in one movie and then in Flash. And I don't even know how much of her footage in Flash was even new footage. I, I just don't know. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think Wonder Woman would have been better served as a character if they had, at the start of it all, gotten a more talented actress to play the role. But when it comes down to it, she wasn't given the choice between Feyora or Wonder Woman. But if she had, I think clearly the choice would have been Wonder Woman. I mean, she's got to appear as the character, what, six times or, or something like something that like here that. and there, if you want to count the cameos in, in Flash and Shazam and, and things like that. And I think that was clearly the right choice, regardless of how it worked out. I mean, monetarily, career-wise, I think playing Wonder Woman was, would have been the no-brainer choice. Anyway, Chris, you're faced with the option. Mm. Do you want to play Feora in Man of Steel or do you want to be Wonder Woman? I mean, which one? Which one would you want for to money? Take? Wonder Woman, but for everything else, <laughs> villains, villains always, villains, villains forever. They're the best. You play them in video games, unless you're John Campion, you want to remain a Boy Scout. That's right. You have I a great time being bad. <laughs> um, what's interesting here too is I can see her being Wonder Woman. Oh yeah. I, I can't oh, yeah. see Gal in this role oh, at me, all. Let me help I you. don't see that inverse there at all. Go. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> now I and now see. Ray, did you do that? No. Okay. <laughs> now it's, now it's an AI nightmare. Now it's working my magic. <laughs> now it's a Final Fantasy character who hasn't fully rendered. Um, yeah, I just I don't see the inverse of this at all because yeah, in in Man of Steel there was some real terror there. Yeah. And um, I always I've always thought that's something that Wonder Woman should also be capable of is she also should be somebody who, because she's so powerful, 
you are a little scared of her at times. They've leaned into that, into the Wonder Woman character in comics and in the animated and the game stuff more over the past 10 years well, or so. the actual Maxwell Lord stuff, right? I mean, yeah, she yeah, rips yeah. a man's head off. That's rude. So, <laughs> uh, poor Pedro Pascal. People always poking his eyes, ripping his head off. Lord. But- I've never gotten that vibe from her. And that's fine if that's not what they want to do, but I could see that actress doing that. So it's just interesting because the inverse does not make sense to me. And obviously, yeah, you pick Wonder Woman. If you can be part of the Trinity, you go for the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Who, who I'm trying to remember the name. There, When I started reading Wonder Woman was actually back when Diana stopped being Wonder Woman because she got beat in the Amazonian games. I'm trying, what was the name of the Amazonian who took her place? as Wonder Woman. Oh. oh, guys in the live chat, help me out. I, I can see her. She's got the long hair and she's got a name. And anyway, she took Artemis. Thank you, Marcus Y in the live chat. Artemis took over. So that's where I started. And back then, Wonder Woman was kind of like just a female version of Superman. I don't mean in terms of powers, but very kind of Girl Scout, kind of always honorable and right. A little bit more of a warrior's edge to her, stuff like that. But in recent years, especially in the video games, stuff like that, if you were to look at, I think if you look at the pantheon of DC heroes, maybe you'd always say the one you'd most worry about breaking bad was Batman. Because you know, he's got that darkness and whatever too. But A contingency plan to kill everybody. I, he did, I mean, yeah, yeah. He did he, design plans to kill all the Justice exactly. League. Yeah. But I mean, but Wonder Woman lately, she's a character lately that's just like, she's just waiting for a reason to break bad. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like, especially it stood out a lot in Injustice Gods Among Us where it's like when Superman broke bad because of what happened to him, it's like Wonder Woman was just finally waiting for that to happen. Yes, let's dominate the world and whatever. And yeah, I could see a little bit of the actress who played Fiora bringing that to the Wonder yeah. Woman character. Now you mention it, that could be kind of cool. All right, guys, listen, with that down, we still got to talk about this James Wan's company bringing a live action gargoyles to fruition. Also, the Marvels just put out a new TV spot and did they indeed just tease Thor? But before we get to that stuff, we're going to take just a moment here and thank a couple of sponsors of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast, our friends at Rocket Money and Quip. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Rocket Money. Did you know that the average person has around 12 paid subscriptions and they might not even remember to subscribing to half of those? If you have no idea just how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. It's this great app that tracks all of your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. I recently just found out that over 80% of people have subscriptions that they've completely forgotten about. Seriously, think about how many free trials you subscribe to that you just probably never canceled. And that's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money, because I was one of those people. When I signed up to Rocket Money, I was stunned to find out that a gym I had belonged to in another city I lived in, I had still been paying my dues to for over two years. Also, that music subscription service I use, yeah, I forgot I was subscribed to two other ones. That's where Rocket Money comes in because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved on average of $720 a year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash campia. That's rocketmoney.com slash campia. Rocketmoney.com slash campia. Guys, we want to take a second and thank a sponsor of today's video, 
Quip. Guys, good health starts with good habits, and Quip makes taking care of your oral health easy by delivering all the oral care essentials that you need to care for your mouth. They've got an incredible electric toothbrush with time sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide a dentist-recommended two-minute clean. Guys, it's my favorite toothbrush I've ever owned. And who likes flossing? I don't, but this water flosser hits all the right spots with gentle or deep cleaning pressure at the touch of a button. But guys, then there was an additional surprise. Quip also supplies mints and gums that are fantastic. Every time you pop one of their new mints, you'll be caring for your mouth inside and out. Bold mint flavor keeps your breath confidently fresh and you'll get a boost of vitamin D. And their gum prevents cavities and freshens breath when chewed for like 20 minutes after eating. It's sugar-free, is tooth-friendly, and has zero calories. So guys, if you go to getquip.com slash campia right now, you'll get 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, and water flosser. That's your 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, water floss at getquip.com slash campia. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash campia. Quip, the good habits company. And thank you to our friends at Rocket Money and Quip for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show podcast. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to this, shall we? I know there's a lot of people who've been asking for a long time for a live action version of Gargoyles, and apparently, from on high, James Wan has heard your pleas, <laughs> and his company, Atomic Monster, is apparently going to be producing an actual live action series. Not a movie, but a series of gargoyles. This comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter, who writes the following. Almost 30 years after first appearing as an animated television series, Gargoyles is taking flight once more, this time in live action. Two major names in the creature feature business, Gary, I'm going to mispronounce his name, Berman, and James Wan's Atomic Monster Banner, known for their collaborations on the hit Annabelle horror movies, have teamed up to remake the 1990s cartoon as a live action series for Disney+. The project is described as being an early development at Disney-branded television. So, a lot of people for a long time have been asking for gargoyles. I traditionally have never thought it would work, to be honest with you. Like, I, I think it's one of those... Th- there are a number of t- cartoons I used to love as a kid, some of which I think would make great movies or TV shows, some I think wouldn't translate well. This is one to me that I've never thought would translate well. But listen, even I've got to say that suddenly James Wan's name coming in to this, even for me, makes me go, huh, that, all right, all right. That could be pretty cool. Although I was then again taken back. I this seems to me to make more sense as a movie than mm-hmm. anything else. But they're saying they're going to do it as a series. Chris, in this room, I think you were the one who's been most excited about this <laughs> pro- so excited. prospect of this. What do you think about this news? Where are your expectations? How do you think they're going to do this? How do you think it's going to be received? What are they going to do? Your thoughts? Like, is it my birthday? Let's go. <laughs> this was such a important show for me as a kid. It just aired in 94 to about 97, three seasons. And honestly, this series, and I know it's going to sound like a stretch, this series is probably why I became somebody who liked Shakespeare so much. Really? Because this show pulled from all of that so yeah. much. Um, their origin story is they were part of a castle in Scotland, and during a siege, they all were cursed and everything. Mm. Um, Little Macbeth. Yes. So, super big Macbeth vibes. It's so fun, so wonderful. A, a really dark show. There was an episode that they had to take off of TV because one of the gargoyles gets like accidentally shoots someone Ooh. in a gun safety episode. It's wild. But 
as a show, I think this makes more sense because there is a very large, deep lore for this. There's mm. so many different characters. You learn about what happened back in Scotland. You learn about some other characters who didn't surface at the same time as our main gargoyles, you know, Goliath and Hudson and Lexington and them. Um, you have this really interesting relationship with this New York City cop who is wrestling with facts over being presented with magic and ancient creatures and and weird supernatural things happening. So as a series, I really, really enjoy this because then you don't have to rush any of that. You can really slowly build up that lore. Let us know who they all are. Let us all know how they're getting into this world, especially because you have one of my favorite villains of all time, Xanatos, who's uh, played by Jonathan Franks. And he's just this billionaire who is so smart. He's very Lex Luthorian in nature where he just knows too much and has too much money. And that power has corrupted him and he's fighting these gargoyles and doing all kinds of sinister things. You have enough time to have that nice big crescendo, I think, with the series. And man, I know I'm not a horror person, you guys, but when you tell me that, you know, like Jordan Peele was interested in this, I was super in. When you tell me someone like James Wan is interested in this, I'm super in. Before I wanted like a Guillermo del Toro because of the creature work. When we thought that Kenneth Branagh might be here, I wanted that because of the Shakespeare. Like mm -hmm. these are the kinds of people I want in the room for a project like this too. Because at face value, you might just go, if you're not familiar, oh, it's some Disney cartoon from the 90s. It is so epic and violent and macabre and Shakespearean that you want heavy hitters involved in this. <clears throat> I had a friend of mine once when we were talking about this a few years ago. I'm like, I just don't know what a, a Gargoyles movie, because we were, we were thinking movie at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that would look like. <clears throat> and what my friend said to me was, imagine the Highlander TV series, but with Gargoyles. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm starting to get there. Do, do you think there's a danger though? Because while it had some more mature themes, it was still a kid's cartoon show. Yeah, you still had a gargoyle that was a dog. Right. How do you think they're going to approach that? Are they going to target adult audiences? Are they going to target the people who grew up with it? Are they still going to keep it to its original sense that it's going to be for families? It's going to be a family show or whatever. I mean, we are probably talking Disney Plus here. What approach do you think they're going to take it as far as the maturity of the series? If it were me, I'd skew a bit more adult. Because the show, sure, did have some zany antics every now and then, the dog gargoyle, the lighter fare and everything. But your your target demographic, right, are, you know, probably our age. Mm -hmm. And while you might want to share gargoyles with, like, your kids or your niece or nephew or whatever, I think going for that more mature kind of approach, one, fits the brief a bit more, makes it an easier transition into live action. And also, you can still have these big mature themes without going full spooky, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. a Chris Carr could sit in this audience and not cover her eyes the whole time. Um, and so I think you can still walk that line with kids. You know, the same way that there were still children in the audience for like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Right. Um, but I do think you walk away from some of the more 90s cartoony tropes. So you don't think they should go the poo, blood, and honey approach? <laughs> I don't think they should go full mm -hmm. poo, blood, and honey. Okay. I don't, don't think don't anyone ever Goliath should. You Goliath tearing people's heads no, off. No, okay. I mean, good for you guys for making a movie, but man... <laughs> At what cost? <laughs> Do any of you guys remember this Fox show? Um, it, it, the main character was named Julius or something. It was like a vampire sort of drama. It hmm. reminded me of Gargoyles so much, just just, just the way the story. Wait, was this an animated show? No, no, no. It was a, it was an actual drama series. It was a. Uh, and the main I, Andred, the all I know is because Anne, she was addicted to gargoyles That's at Julian. the same time as the show, and both of them reminded me of each other. 
like oh, I forgot what the show was called. It's like a vampire. The main guy was named Julius. But Wait, was was it a vampire who was also a cop or something like that? So, so maybe I'm thinking of the it wrong was around show. the same time. But yeah, like the gargoyles. I remember it was one of the first cartoon shows where you paid attention because the story was the most important. There was like an ongoing story throughout the whole thing, which was crazy because Ninja Turtles, they would go through one drama, one show, yeah, and then was something episodic. else the next. This one was like, oh, you have to watch the next one because the story is continuing throughout the whole the whole season or whatever right. it was. It was great, actually. Was Okay, somebody in the live chat is saying Forever Night. Was that it? No, no, okay, no, 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 not no. Forever well, Night. When I, when, I'm going to ask Anne The later. funny thing is Vampire yeah. in Brooklyn... Vampire Brooklyn. His name is Julius. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm wondering if you think Julian. His name was Julian. Oh, Julian. Julian. Okay. Julian. Sorry. Okay. Julian. Um, all right, guys. With that down, let's move on to this, shall we? So the Marvels is coming out in about a month, and uh, the early box office tracking came out said it was going to come in about seventy-five million dollars opening weekend, which is. Good for most movies, not so good by Marvel standards, but we'll see how that transpires. And hot on the heels of that box office projection coming out comes a brand new Marvel's TV spot that just got released. And it's, it's, a, good, it's a good little TV spot. It's fine. But at the end of the TV spot, you hear Captain Marvel say, I called a friend of mine, to which then the shot goes to outer space and you see Carol's ship and a Bifrost hurling to the ship. Why does, why does her ship look like Blue Beetles? Uh, it does beetle a little thing. bit, doesn't it? <laughs> now, then it's smash, cut, it's smash cuts inside where you see the Bifrost coming in and then emerging out of the Bifrost Clearly. is you see a figure starting to emerge out of the Bifrost. All right. The implication here, the implied message to the average moviegoer is Thor is going to show up. Now, that doesn't mean that's what's happening. But the message they're implying to the audience is Thor is going to show up. And I don't think it's coincidental that on one day, box office projections come out that show it to be, again, a good opening weekend, but not good by Marvel standards. And then just a couple days later, a new TV spot comes out that hints to the audience that <coughs> Thor may be showing up. Now, it could be somebody else. Let's look at why it, it's, it could be Thor, all right? The two biggest reasons, I think, there would be to assume that they're talking about and that they're counting on the audience assuming that they're talking about is Thor is, number one, Carol says, I called a friend of mine. There's only one person she's actually had a conversation with in the grand thing. And that, other than Black Widow, um, it's it's Thor. That's the one she had the, the conversation with. That's the one she has a relationship with. The second biggest thing to keep in mind that they're implying that it's Thor is simply the fact that there's a Bifrost. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Bifrost in the MCU is the, I'm not even want to call it a mechanism, but for lack of a better phrase, the mechanism by which, you know, some Asgardians can travel across the galaxy in an instant, right? Now, the Bifrost on Asgard is gone. And they name dropped 
in the MCU that, that there's not a Bifrost anymore. <clears throat> Thor, however, has Stormbreaker. And as Peter Dinklage mentioned when explaining Stormbreaker to <laughs> Thor, Stormbreaker can summon a Bifrost. And we've seen Thor using Stormbreaker to summon a Bifrost. So as far as we know, the only Bifrost in existence in the MCU is Stormbreaker. So what the audience or what the studio is counting on here, the studio is counting on that that little shot of a Bifrost and then maybe some kind of a figure coming in they want the audience to assume that that's Thor. Chris Hemsworth's going to be in this movie. Better go out and get your tickets. That's what they're trying to do. Now, it is possible that Disney are being duplicitous, uh, duplicitous dickheads and trying to trick the audience into thinking Thor is going to show up when really it's somebody else. But who could that somebody else be? Well, there's a couple of options. Option uh, one, in no particular order, is Valkyrie. Valkyrie's an option. Um, I mean, Valkyrie is an Asgardian. Valkyrie, while we've never seen any interaction between, you know, Captain Marvel and her, I mean, they were both there in the Battle of Endgame. So maybe you can make an assumption that at some point maybe they had a conversation or two and whatever. Again, I don't see how characters we never saw truly interact on screen is as Carol Danvers goes, I'm going to call a friend. Well, why wouldn't it be Thor? But I mean, Valkyrie, great warrior, Brie Larson and her have wanted to do something together for a long time. So that's a possibility, Valkyrie. Problem, again, besides the fact that we've never really seen them interact on screen before, is that she doesn't have a Bifrost. Still, they can come up with a story device to maybe get around that. Another option, Beta Ray Bill. People have wanted for a very long time for Beta Ray Bill to show up. Kevin Feige hears his audience. This could be an opportunity. Now, again, it, Beta Ray Bill faces the same two problems here that, that face Valkyrie. Number one, we've never seen Captain Marvel interact with Beta Ray Bill. So I don't know, maybe they became friends when she was off in deep space all those decades. And you could say that, I suppose. But again, lack of a Bifrost. Now, they could say that Beta Ray Bill has a weapon similar to Stormbreaker that also can... Uh, summon and use a Bifrost. So, so there's that as well. So Beta Ray Bills is another option. They're implying it's Thor. Probably Thor, but if it's not, maybe Valkyrie, maybe Beta Ray Bill. Third option is Lady Sif. Uh, Lady Sif, of course, came back into the fold in the MCU in the last movie. Uh, she, as Guardian, you know, battled alongside Thor and the Warriors 3, uh, one of the closest friends to Thor, maybe met Captain Marvel through that. I mean, it would at least maybe explain the Bifrost, where like maybe Lady Sif, you know, being friends with Thor, close lifelong friends, says, send me to wherever, and maybe Thor send her off that way. So, I mean, there are a couple of other options. They're clearly implying it's Thor. They want the audience to think it's Thor. And maybe it is Thor. The other options I see are maybe Valkyrie, Beta Ray Bill, Lady Sif. Chris, you you saw this. Mm -hmm. um, 
who do you think could be options? Like if it's not Thor, who do you think are the most likely options? What are the problems with those theories? You know, all that kind of stuff. How do you see it? I would go with Valkyrie. You know, yes, there's only one Bifrost, but she's king. She can make people do stuff for her. She can climb that Bifrost. But they don't have to hang out. Well, she can call Thor, though, who comes and hangs out in Asgard sometimes. Maybe. So she's king. She's king. She can do what she wants. And then Valkyrie calls Thor. And then Thor. Yeah, it's a lot of phone tag. It's a whole to do. (laughs) They have to go through the motions. But, you know, it is what it is. They also show Valkyrie fighting with Captain Marvel, though, like alongside Captain Marvel in the legacy trailer. And I feel like that little tease right there is, hey, remember that those two have been near each other before? (laughs) Remember that's why so many of you started writing slash fiction about them? We, I think that's another thing that Kevin Feige listens to is partnerships that the fans are interested in because so many fans after seeing them just in the same battle sequence went, oh, I like them. They should smooch. So that's something that both (laughs) actors have talked about too, of wanting to have their characters have an on-screen relationship. A bunch of fans want that. So I can see that happening mostly just because of that fandom shipping aspect of it truly. And that little bit of the teaser in there. Beta Ray Bill, though, if you want that audience to have a big old pop, because even if you don't know who Beta Ray Bill is, <laughs> you see that horse-faced, literally <laughs> horse-faced, classic Thor garb-wearing dude show up. You're going to just have your mind blown. And then diehard comic book readers who have been just dying to have him as part of the universe for as long as I can remember, would lose it too. So if you're not going to have it be Thor, have it be this guy. Have it be him who pops up because then your diehard comic book fans are going to lose it. And then everyone else who is new to the fold is going to go, oh, I need to know who this guy is. Oh, you mean, ooh. Get out. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And they've got to have him talk just, just like, like that. that. It's just Mr. Ed. Yeah, I was going to tell you, Mr. Ed, like, oh. <laughs> well, hey there. Oh, girl. Captain Marvel. <laughs> I thought you could use a hand or a hoof. Or a hoof. It's a gift that keeps on yeah, giving. So he came for a character. Don't laugh. What? If, if, I mean, that is something that could happen if Taika Waititi just That's directed very true. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I think like you that. should sound like a horse. <laughs> yeah, it might be the goats. But I mean, with, with oh, I still don't care what anybody says. I love the goats in the world. I like them too. Uh, but here's the thing. As much as people have wanted Beta Ray Bill, is the Marvels the right place to introduce a Beta Ray Bill? Do you think? I feel like that could work. Yes, I think so. Yes. We've got all this fun cosmic stuff. Yeah. We've got an accuser back in the fold. I think that just kind of canonically makes sense. I always thought if you were going to introduce them, it would have been like through a Guardians or something, but this yeah. could work too. I think so. Talk about the interest in the character, especially if he comes and he does something like he saves the actual... Because Beta Ray Bill is a strong, He's strong, insanely powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Insanely if he powerful. Ca- just came in and just wrecked everything... I'm watching his movie, whatever, whatever, whenever it's going to come out. I mean, just seeing like just this character come on screen. Like, I love all like characters that 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 aren't human and everything. Like, uh, if they, he comes in, man, I would watch that. I would watch a solo movie of his no matter what. I, I just so, be, but now let me get back to one of the original kind of premises I brought up here. I, you know, Chris, Chris and I were talking off screen and we we're talking about the possibility of maybe like being Valkyrie and stuff like that. And, and I said, here's the thing. If, if they wanted to bring Valkyrie in, you could put her in the trailer. The only reason you don't show it being Valkyrie is if you're Disney, 
The only reason you, if that's, if that is indeed Valkyrie coming through the Bifrost, which I still have my doubts that it is, but if it was, then the only reason you don't show it being Valkyrie is because you purposefully want the audience to think it's Thor. And they are literally trying to trick people into buying tickets by putting something like that up. Because like Valkyrie appearing in the cameo, that's that's not Iron Man showing up that you got to keep that hidden. Oh, right? what if it's Iron Man's reanimated corpse? What if that's who's coming back? Oh, zombie. What zombie if? Tony. What if crossover? Another <laughs> universe's <laughs> variant of Tony oh, Stark. Man, so and great. it's Tom Cruise yeah. playing it. <gasps> oh, oh, let the wild speculation oh. begin. In a I jet guess, fighter plane? I totally <laughs> understand your point on that too, but... You know, Chris Hemsworth did say that he's taken a break from acting. And I know a cameo is not doing a full-fledged Thor movie, but I just don't know. But he said he's, he, he that's the thing. I, I misunderstood him before that like he was taking a break. He said he's going to slow down. Yeah, hang so out with his it, kids. So that might mean, that might not mean I'm going to take, I'm not going to act at all in the next two or three years. It might say, I'm only going to do a little bit in the next two to three. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, and you're right. It would probably only need him on set for two or three days or something like what that. Maybe, oh, I upset people in the town. <laughs> <Yeah, Mobius. laughs> on a jet ski. He shows up on a jet ski. He's like, wow. Um, apologies to the chat who said it was too soon to make fun of Tony's death. So my bad. My bad, guys. Robert's fine. He has a car show now. Yeah. I don't know. What is your out of left field Guess. Okay. Honestly, like, like you would way out of left field guess, yeah, yeah, but yeah. still has some semblance of maybe it makes sense. Yeah. Groot. Uh, and and I'll I'll tell you why. Uh number one, you don't need an actor <laughs> to do it. But number two, remember, what is the only thing in the universe that we know right now that can summon the Bifrost? Stormbreaker. What is half of Stormbreaker? Groot's arm. Yeah, and and the, and the only reason I, I remember you're asking me for way out in left field. Okay? <laughs> I'm not this, saying anything. This is I'm the just, way out in left field. Just, yeah. Sure. So, and also if you look at the at the silhouette that's coming through, and really we shouldn't be basing anything on the silhouette. But Jonathan, if you still got that picture around, if, if you can bring that up, the silhouette that's coming through the Bifrost. Ah, everything is revealed. It's. I see a little bit of Groot in it the shape of the legs. Very long legs. Very long be, legs. And it might not even be one person. It could be three. It could be the Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> could be. I mean, no, it can't. Please, it can't be. Yeah, not all three. Of not them all three. I mean, oh, I'm look, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. You know, My if bad. Craven, if Craven wasn't uh, disallowed, it kind of looks like when Craven was in the blue sky during uh, No Way Home. <laughs> you know what? They're doing this. It's a you, you don't like it, but I think it's it piques interest into the movie, right? I, no, Who look, could this be? It so, absolutely does. I mean, look, 100%. Again, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that just 48 hours after the projections come out and the projections look kind of low for a Marvel movie, that they then tease a little something here that maybe get people thinking Chris Hemsworth might show up. I said it was Deadpool. Yeah. Or Deadpool. I mean, that would be a real left. left Deadpool uh, definitely could come on the But then you realize later on it's not Deadpool. <laughs> I'm still Marcus Vai is saying it's El Muerto. There you go, Ray. El Muerto <laughs> there you go. But you know, it's not, it's just actually just, it's just Bad Bunny as himself. It's Bad Bunny's going to come through with the beat <laughs> yeah, going it's, it's just bum, 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 bum. It's, gonna, it's all going to be there. It's all Confirmed be there. on here. Confirmed. <laughs> now, some people bring up, honestly, and I see it brought up in, in, the, in the live chat, Jane Foster. I mean, Yes, she is in Valhalla, but really, 
that was them writing her out of the MCU. She I would that love was to see her. that was them saying she's dead, but don't be sad, everybody. She's got a happy ending. So I, I don't think we're gonna see Jane return. I like the idea in chat here. I don't know how you connect the Bifrost, but I like the idea of Nova. I think Nova would be really cool. Again, no but connection to Captain I don't understand Marvel. how that part yeah. comes through then. It has to be somebody who's tied to Asgard in some way. Well, you said Matt Damon. I, I think Matt Damon would be oh hilarious. And it's God. such a letdown. They think it's going to be Thor and it's him. I think it'd be so funny um, if it was Matt Damon and the other Hemsworth. <laughs> if they were just like, hey. Man, or, is a, who was is this Thor's roommate again in the shorts? Oh, shoot. What was his name? I'm going to look was Because he, he pops up in Thor Love and Thunder, remember? Thor's roommate yeah, Daryl. 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 Thor's roommate Daryl. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> anyway, look, it's it's probably <laughs> Thor. If not Thor, it could be Valkyrie. It, I, I, I do think it could be Lady Sif. I mean, they brought her back into the MCU for a reason. I think Beta Ray Bill's a possibility. But if it's anything other than Thor, then I think this is a pretty scummy, underhanded <laughs> technique by them trying to trick people into thinking it might be Thor. Because the general average movie-going audience isn't thinking Beta Ray Bill or isn't thinking that they're seeing the Bifrost. They're seeing what they're thinking. It's Thor. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> now all I'm thinking is Beta Ray Bill, but you know, <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. Now a lot of people it's just just got to be Beta Ray Bill or nothing. All right, guys. With that down, we're gonna go on now and start taking your questions. If you've got a comment or question for the show, you can go. The super chats are still open right now. They're just gonna be open for a couple more minutes. You can go ahead and throw those in now, and we'll get around to those. But first, before we do, we're gonna take another moment here and thank a couple of more sponsors of today's episode of the John Campy Show podcast. Our friends at Fume and my mobile service provider, and they should be yours, Mint Mobile. We want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video, Fume. Quitting cold turkey is great in theory, but you and I both know it's way more difficult than that. And that's why there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some fake online promises. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume. And they look at the problem in a different way. Instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavor air device that does just that. See, instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. I personally didn't know what to expect when I first got my Fume. I mean, I've never liked vapes, but my goodness, the taste. The first time I tried it, I was completely sold on it. It was incredible. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 150,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to tryfume.com and use the code CAMPIA to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfum.com and use the code CAMPIA to save an additional 10% off your order today. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. Signing your life away to a big wireless provider is kind of like being trapped on a roller coaster from hell. Sure, it looks like fun at first. They probably even threw in a free phone, but now you can't get off. Month after month of insane bills and unexpected thrills, like overages and surprise fees. If that sounds like your current big wireless plan, it's time to get off the ride with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are just $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for just 15 bucks a month. You guys know before 
before I came to Mint Mobile, I was paying triple what I am paying now on the standard big wireless plan, and I will never go back. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped right to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Fume and Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show podcast. All right, guys, with that down, let's get over to your questions here, shall we? Jonathan or Chris, I should say, what are we starting off with first? From Disgraceful, oh, wait, no, from uh, Damaris Love. Damaris, yeah. Hey, Ray, Chris, it's game day. Game, game day. day. For, for uh, Friday, <laughs> Spider-Man 2. And with the reviews, I'm looking forward to Wolverine. Wait a minute. Spider-Man 2 comes out. Oh, yeah. So today is not game day. Yeah, do not <laughs> do not abuse the game day. Yeah, it, it's game day. It's either Friday. game day or it's not. It's game day of the announcement of the game day. And that's coming up. Yeah, have we seen anything about that Wolverine game ever since I've they seen made enough, that first? Actually. What's that? I've seen enough. I mean, just, <laughs> just the, that the thing teaser. about the quads coming out, but that was like two years ago, wasn't it? You know what? It's game. When day are we getting day. that Wolverine game? Uh, just imagine Wolverine game done like the Spider-Man game. How much blood is going to be in that game? And honey. Hopefully they and take. honey. <laughs> so much blood and honey. <laughs> Ray's it's on not a roll today. <laughs> I'm feeling sassy today. I'm going to say something sassy magical today. right now. Say, it. say something magical. I, I lost it. Bippity boppity boo. <laughs> All right, what's next? From John Cross. John, who do you have winning UFC 294 this weekend? Uh, I actually have Alexander the Great winning. Who is um, he fighting? Alex Volk, Volk, Volk. Alexander Volk. Did you just trail off into the distance? It's a rematch of the last fight. Where, so he lost. So here's the thing. He, so listen, that last fight, Alexander lost. He did. He lost by split decision, but it was what it was. But everybody knew how that fight ended. It ended with Volkanovsky beating the living hell out of him. And everybody knows if that fight lasted 30 seconds more, it was going to be champ champ for for uh, Alexander the Great. I think he is the best pound for pound fighter in the world. And I th I think he's going to win this fight. I really do. All right, what's next? From AL. Uh hey John Pack or Campia Pack. Oh, Campia. I don't like any of that. I don't like any of that. <laughs> Which of these movies used the song Wrecking Ball the best? Lego Batman, Free Guy or Strays? Strays. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go Free Guy. Strays was a really good use of it too, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go free guy on that. That is such a special little movie. I really I love, love Strays guy. too. Yeah. That? So I'm I'm gonna go with that. Hey, Ray, you're gonna go with Strays on that? Yeah, like, yeah. That whole because scene that guy, was pretty funny. I hate that guy. He needed to get that wrecking bald ball. <laughs> and he got it. He got his balls wrecked. All right, what's next? From Joey. Hi, Chris. What did you think of the Eras Tour movie? Did you love it? And I saw it two times. Oh. I saw it two times this weekend. Did Logan like it as well? Fave transition was reputation. Uh, thanks for asking, Joey. I did see it, and Logan and I had fun, but I also had to teach a five-hour boot camp and two-hour-long classes the next morning, so I stay at the movie till midnight because my friends decided to see the 940 showing, mm -hmm. and I'm an old, old lady who goes to bed at 9 p.m., so around 12, 12.30 is when I went home and was like, mm, no, I'm done, so I left the movie early. 
Ooh. Oh, so you didn't get to see that right up to the finish. No, but you got to I see didn't. the majority of it. I got to see like it. most of it. Yeah. What did you think about it? I loved it. I thought it was great. It was super fun too to see people really just having a blast because those tickets were so expensive. So it was a mix of people who didn't get to go to the show, like myself, who were having a great time seeing everything, and there were other people who had been to the concert and then were like, "Oh, this is such a good part. Hold on. Oh, this is the thing you need to know about this." And people were doing call and response in the theater. It kind of felt like when you go to a Rocky Horror screening uh. a little bit just because mm -hmm. of like the kind of back and forth you had with the screen. It was great. I saw a neat video clip this morning that came out. Uh, it was, I guess, uh, Taylor Swift went to a random movie theater where they were showing it. Mm -hmm. And it shows her and her two friends just in the crowd singing and dancing along like she wasn't Taylor Swift. Aww. Just the singing. It was, it was, it was a pretty wholesome looking That's site. That's great. Yeah, it was pretty nice. I love that. All right, what's next? From Orange Hand, there's an old Simpson joke where studio execs are upset their film's ending was reshot before release because they already bought five Golden Globes. <laughs> See, okay, look, th that was the thing. One of the great things about the Oscars, and I bring this up often, but the great thing about the Oscars, the thing that really protects the integrity of the Oscars is that you literally have a 7,000 plus member voting base. You can't buy an Oscar. There's just too many voters. Um, however, with the Golden Globes, they had they had for a lot of years like 60 voting members, 70 voting members. You take 20 people on a cruise and give them a little donation or whatever, you've just almost guaranteed that's that's like a third of the voting body of the Golden Globes. You pretty much guaranteed you've won your Golden Globe. You can't do that with the Oscars. And that's why one of the big things that I thought was really important for the Golden Globes to do is they've started to expand their voting base, which they still have a long way to go, but that's, that's a good start. All right, what's next? From Shamrock Vibes, as a girl who plays rugby for a hobby, do you think I would like USA football? If so, uh, are the rules dif difficult to follow? Where do I start? Who do you support? Um, you know what? <laughs> Don't support the Bengals. The... the <laughs> American football is, there's a lot of rules. There are. I mean, the people like me in North American can watch rugby and go, I don't understand. And it's true. I can still watch rugby today, have a real appreciation for the athleticism in it, but I, I don't really understand what's happening, the rules per se. But I bet you the rules in rugby are like five times easier than the rules in the NFL. It's just that I grew up with it. So, so I know it. I do think professional football, not soccer, we'll, we'll use the two different terms here. Professional football is a ridiculously fantastic sport. It's speed, it's power, it's strength, it's violence, it's excitement. I mean, it's just got all of it kind of packed in there, much like rugby probably does. But it's hard to say because I've never been able to watch a lot of rugby since I don't understand it. Because then maybe I could say, hey, listen, I'm a football fan and I like rugby. So if you're a rugby fan, you'll like football. I, I don't know if I can say that or not. I, I will say I haven't seen any, like a lot of horrific injuries in rugby. Not saying that it's less of a violent sport because I've seen some rugby tackles and stuff without any uh, padding. Yeah. <laughs> it gets rough too. I'm just saying there's a lot. There's a, man, these guys like put on all these pounds and run the field like crazy just to destroy another guy. It's like these injuries are crazy to me. Like the ones we've been seeing uh, but from honestly, the past. There's not as many injuries as you might think. I mean, most injuries that happen in the NFL are, oh, I pulled a this. Or, <laughs> yeah, uh, but the viral ones are. But yeah, but those happen like, what, once every two years or something right. like that. So I, I don't know. We'll see. All right. <laughs> we'll see. Like, we'll, we'll wait, wait for wait, the next we, one. I mean, we'll oh, yeah. like if I can get around to 
figuring out rugby. Like, but listen, that's the other thing. I bet you there are a ton of ass of big injuries in rugby, yeah. but rugby's not popular here. Yeah. So it we was. don't see the highlights of somebody getting hurt in rugby here. That's just my guess. I wouldn't know. All right, what's next? From Christopher Brickner, if they make the Ray Star Wars movie, will it make more or less money overall than Solo? I think less money, but what do you think? It'll make more. It, it, it would make more. Um, I still don't think they should make it. I don't think they will make it. And I don't think it'll be a billion dollar film, but I mean, what did Solo end up making? Like 390 uh, or something like that? Not quite a Black Adam? Yeah, not maybe, maybe around a Black Adam. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you find that? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, 392. Oh, made more than Black Adam, oh. but but again, didn't make 400 million dollars. Yeah, the Ray movie would make more than that, it, probably pretty easily, but it just wouldn't be like one of those billion dollar films. Yeah. But again, I still don't think that movie's gonna happen. All right, what's next? From Disgraceful Entertainment, I'm calling it now, the Marvels will have Lady Sif introducing Beta Ray Bill. Could be. I mean, again, the one the one thing you can say about the Lady Sif theory is that she is a recognizable, you know, uh, property when it comes to the audience. The audience know Lady Sif. They just saw her recently in Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, and she's been around. I mean, she's really one of the OG MCU characters, really, ever since the first Thor movie. So there's a there's a lot of arguments to be made for that. But maybe it's a combination of two. You Maybe you're right. Maybe it's not just Valkyrie or just Lady Sif or just Bader Bill. Maybe it's a combination of them. So maybe. All right, what's next? From Aspor Loki Runnerson. Not going to lie, if that's not Thor, I'm done with Marvel. It would be a blatant scam and I wouldn't stand for it. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It would be a blatant scam. It would be a complete blatant scam. They are purposefully trying to make the audience believe that Thor is going to be there. Because nobody in the audience knows Beta Ray Bill. I mean, none of the average movie-going audience has ever heard of Beta Ray Bill. Um, I think Valkyrie is not is not a character in the MCU that you go, oh, and Valkyrie's here! Like, that kind of be like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an, another character. Like, who's the... You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that guy. But... I mean, it, it, it would be a scam. And I fear that that's what Disney is doing right now, which is trying to scam the audience into maybe believing it's going to be Thor. And they might be pulling a bait and switch. But we'll deal with that if it happens. All right, what's next? From Let Me Be Frank, love has Stormbreaker, so... It's not going to be love. It's, it's not going to be love. I mean, Captain... Uh, and remember, it's not necessary that she has Stormbreaker. I mean, Thor and her swapped weapons and she, she at, at the very last shot of Thor 11 Thunder, she's holding Stormbreaker. I don't think Thor has given her Stormbreaker. Unless he's just implying that it's Thor because she's got it. She could zap him there. I, I mean, well, I mean, Thor's, I, I, I don't think he's given Stormbreaker to, to her. I yeah. mean, they took it into battle because he had Mjolnir, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't see them having a little child showing up and uh, being the help that I don't think Captain Marvel's ever met her, by the way. All right, what's next? From John Cross, I need a horse, Thor, 2011. <laughs> you know what? That there it the is. Line. They foreshadowed it 13 years ago. It was all one big foreshadow leading up to today. There you go. All right, what's next? From Tony J, 42, Kindred. The embrace, uh, Kindred, The Embraced was a fun show based on Vampire, the Masquerade RPG. So Ray figured it out that that was the name of it in uh, during yeah. the commercial break. I think Chris said, that sounds more like a Harlequin romance novel. It does. Kindred, The Embraced. 
I see a shirtless guy with long flowing hair on the cover. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Oh, yeah. Kind of what the show was. Kind of had that. How many seasons did that show? I've never uh, even heard of that show. I don't know, but all I know Not is that's one season. of the ones that Anne would watch as soon as the episode came out. Oh, wow. So. Well, when you get home, you got to be like, just start talking about John, just be like, you know, there's this show. She, I don't know if you've ever oh, heard of it. Oh, they're saying in the live chat it was one season. Kindred yeah. the Embrace and, and just watch her expression. At the same time, do you remember Kindred a show called New York Undercover? No. Oh, she, it was both those shows, man. I was like, man, I can't watch TV. No. Nope. She's already watching the TV. I can't watch my wrestling. Not allowed. You do that All right, now. what's next? <laughs> from Seconds from Disaster. Do you think they pruned most of the branch timelines in Loki to keep the amount of Kang variants limited? If not, why do you think some are left? I don't know that they know what they're doing. Yeah, they don't know that Kang is on those. <laughs> like, I, I don't think they just got they're rid not. of the Council of Kangs, like, for example. I, I Look, I have really enjoyed Loki so far. Loki season two. I've really enjoyed it the first two episodes. I really have. But I don't have a lot of faith that the people doing Marvel television right now really have a lot of ideas about what they're even doing themselves. So I don't know if there's going to be any connection to the Kang stuff there at all. If if it is, then they really just took a really anticlimactic approach, a way to throw away what the post-credits scene in Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania was. It's like, oh no, there's this football stadium full of Kangs. Oh, don't worry about it, because in Loki season two, episode two on Disney Plus, they said all the time branches got pruned. But again, I don't know if they know what they're doing. I just don't. All right, what's next? From Amin, can you ask Ryan Reynolds why Mint Mobile isn't available in Canada? I mean, he's Canadian. Come on, John. I know you can make it happen. Well, there's a couple of things you have to keep in mind. Number one, it, like Ryan Reynolds didn't start the company. He bought into the company. Uh, number two, it's an entirely different set of regulations and laws and rules and things like that. You can't just bring a mobile provider into, Can into Canada. They have no infrastructure. They have any of that stuff. I don't even think they'd be allowed to to come in like the big carriers in Canada, like Bell and Rogers and stuff like that, they would probably block that from ever happening. So I, I don't think I'm sure Ryan Reynolds would love to bring Mint Mobile to Canada, but I don't think they'd ever be allowed to bring it into Canada. All right. What's next? From Richard. It's Howard the Duck. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I say love James Gunn. The dumbest thing that Marvel has done, even when, even when things are going great, was Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck is stupid. I know I know. there's a lot of Howard the Duck fans out there. I think Howard the Duck is stupid. His inclusion, though, his tiny little appearances have been just I mean, so where I really done. lost it, though, is when he showed up at the Battle of Endgame. Oh it's my like, God. that. wait, pause. That's Howard the Duck came through the portals. Howard the Duck is there later. He was? He did? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Howard the Duck was there. Oh, oh man, I would have cheered louder. <laughs> I would have cheered louder. Just wait till there's a horse guy. You'd be so excited. I don't remember Howard the Duck coming through the portal. Now yeah, I know. Are you sure I was in there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's there. Look it up. You didn't get tricked by like some spoof somewhere? No, look it up. All right. Uh, let's move on and start getting questions from our YouTube channel members, shall we? What do we got up here first? From Red One Real Talk. Hey, crew. If rumors about Feige's soft reboot of the MCU, um, MCU after Secret War are to be believed, do you think that's too long to wait to change direction? Do you think the narrative of the MCU would be better served just scrapping multiverse in the next year or two? Um, listen, the if they are going to soft reboot after or in the events of Avengers Secret Wars or Avengers 6... That doesn't preclude them from doing some course correction between now and then. They can do they can do course correction without rebooting or without soft rebooting. 
It's you just, oh, we were going to go this way with the story. We're going to take it in a little bit of a different direction. Um, I've got some, how do I say this? I've got a friend in the studio system who really does believe they're going to pivot away from Kang before those new Avenger movies come. And I'm not saying I know that. I'm, I'm not even necessarily saying I'm believing that. But I've been hearing more and more whispers and rumblings going around that Kang Dynasty may not happen and that they may pivot away from the Kang story. Like after Loki season two, they may pivot away from the Kang storyline. And I don't think that has anything to do with Jonathan Major's legal problems or anything like that. But I think they might just be changing directions. Again, I'm, I'm not saying... I believe that or don't believe that or anything like that. Again, I don't believe it has anything to do with Jonathan Major's legal issues because even if he gets found guilty, you just recast the role, no big deal. But I think fundamentally, the multiverse saga has not worked. Hasn't worked. At least not if you're going to compare it to phases one, two, and three. It just hasn't worked. They have really? done a few things here and there that have been great. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Shang-Chi, Ms. Marvel. A couple of things that have been great, but a lot of stuff that's been very subpar or subprime. And I, I think they, I, maybe they do change directions. And we've only seen the multiverse in two movies proper. Because well, I mean, the, the whole phase of it, right? Yeah, and we've only seen it in two movies because the quantum realm is not multiverse. No. And these alternate timelines are within our 616's universe. Mm -hmm. So we haven't even seen multiverse. I mean, I, I don't yeah. think they really thought it out. And that's been one of the big criticisms about Marvel right now is that, you know, Rob was on the show yesterday and he was talking about, as he always does, talks about the fact that I have no idea how anything in Marvel right now connects together. Explain the celestial in the ocean. Yeah, no, no. Just, that's just a part of life now. There's just a giant. <laughs> what about, yeah, instead what of about the vampire? In the ocean yeah. that nobody's talking about. That's me doing my best, Rob. <sighs> All right, what's next? Instead of the elephant in the room now, it's like, are we going to discuss the Are we going to talk about... From doo -doo 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 -doo. oh sorry oh, wrong oh, one yeah, we did supers. these there we go from spying mentor thoughts on the bike riders film starring Austin Butler and Jodie Comer being delayed indefinitely due to the sack strike I did not hear that mm. again makes sense to me because mm -hmm. you've got three major A list stars headlining that movie that you can't have go out and promote it I mean there are a number of films coming out that you don't have to worry about that so much Color Purple for example right? A lot of good people in that, but not exactly A-list household names, like at least not filled with them. Dune 2 does. Bike Riders another. You got three top-of-the-line A-list major names in that, that this movie is really going to depend on Tom Hardy and Jodie Comer and Austin Butler to get out there and, and stomp wood and get, get, the, uh, get the word out and promote this film. And if they can't do that, this film could be in trouble. So, Kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, they're, the article saying it's because of the lack of actors' promotion. Yeah, we, so and, and this movie's going to need that. It was yeah. going to open up against uh, Beyonce's concert film, too. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> All right, and you know okay. who can pr promote their movie? Beyonce can yeah. promote her movie. All right, what's next? From Ulatan. Hi, gang. Do you have an iconic song from a movie? Something like Danger Zone from Top Gun, Power of Love from Karate Kid. Power yeah. of Love is from uh, Back, Back to, to the, the Future. Future. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, Karate Kid was either Cruel Summer or um, You're the Best. You're the best. Well, well, also, no, like the one I th when I think about the Karate Kid, although it might be Karate Kid 2, is Peter Cetera. I am the man who will fight for your own. That is, that is I think, Karate Kid 2. That's Karate Kid yeah. 2. Um, honestly, weirdly enough, I don't know why, but for me, 
Glory of Love. That's what it's called. Glory of Love. That's yeah. the name of the Peter Cetera song. The one song is, it's not my favorite song. It's not my favorite movie. But when I think of a song that is inseparable now from a movie that it was in and what it was for, a uh, good Canadian kid, Brian Adams, everything I do, I do it for you from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, like when that song plays, boom, that's all I can see in my head. Uh, of course, so, it, it helped that it was also the the music video. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. But I mean, it's like that is inseparable. I'll go I Have the Tiger from Rocky. From Rocky? Oh, yeah. I'll go, you got the touch. You got from Transformers? From Trans- or you you got go- the touch. Seal. Seal from that Batman. Kiss from a Rose. Kiss from a Rose Are you sure where you didn't want to go with St. Uh, Elmo's Fire? St. Elmo's Fire from Over the Top. As <laughs> Celine Dion You'll from Titanic? Find- yeah. Well, that's probably the one. Yeah. That's probably it. Yeah. All right. I'm sure many we could go on all day. All right. What's next? <laughs> from Sam Fisher. Hey, Chris. Hi. Have you been watching the new anime, Ferrarin? My pronunciation should tell you. Nope. <laughs> I think you would really like it. It's basically Lord of the Rings. If Lord of the Rings was about Legolas wrestling with his humanity after the rest of the fellowship has died of old age. Oh, sign me the fuck up. Let's go. That actually, that I'm, sounds, not, I'm not an anime guy. That sounds kind of cool. That actually. sounds super riveting. I just started Super Crooks, um, which is a Netflix anime. That's fun. It's cute. It opens <laughs> with a bunch of people dying. That's how they get you. I started watching finally was Fall of the House of Usher. I keep hearing amazing things about it, but also it scares me because of the eye violence in the trailer. <laughs> Here's the thing. I walked in, I walked in home and is watching the show. So I hadn't started watching it yet. So I think she's on episode two or something. Right. And I walk in and the scene I walk into is this young guy. And for those of you in the live chat who have seen the show, you know what I'm talking about is this younger guy. I'm guessing 20, 21, 22 talking to his older brother's wife, who's maybe in her late 30s, and basically describing an orgy to her and inviting her to come sneak out behind her brother's back and go attend this orgy where she can have all this wild sex like she never thought she could have. You could start out the word. And I'm like, what's this show you're watching, honey? And she goes, this is Fall of the House of the Usher, or of the Usher, the show, Fall of the House of Usher. I'm like, Riverdale. All right. Yeah, it sounds like something from Riverdale. So I'm like, all right. All right. What's next? From Dario. Hello from Netherlands. This is my first time ever to send in a question. I'm very curious about what do you guys think of Tom Clancy World? And I don't mean only movies, but TV shows, books, games, and what movie, TV show, book, or game of his uh, is your favorite? Thanks. Yeah, they've tried to do so much with Tom Clancy stuff over the years. They need to Uh, reboot Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell is great. Splinter Cell. I didn't good. realize Splinter Cell was based on Tom, Tom Clancy's. Yeah, Splinter yeah, yeah. yeah. Can well, I, I mean, because you got is, is that like an offshoot of Rainbow Six or? It's it's like a Metal Gear. It's like a spot. <laughs> you know, he's like a co uh, a agent, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes and sneaks around. The the game that game, especially when it got it got into its role or like got into it, it started getting really good. Especially like the co op. My favorite Tom Clancy game is Rainbow Six Vegas Two, baby. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, all I can say. <laughs> you know, out of all the Harrison Ford ones, I think Clear and Present Danger, because that was that was Tom Clancy, right? Wrote yeah, the Harrison yeah. 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 I, I think Clear and Present Danger. Oh, well, no, who am I kidding? It's Hunt for Red October. I was going to say, mm. I had the Hunt for Red October Nintendo game as a kid. I didn't know they had a yeah, game. Yeah, my dad didn't play like that. Booty? Was booty? It yeah, like, wasn't it, it like bad? 
Well, was it a good game? Do you remember? I mean, wait, I just, what does booty mean? Like oh, it was bad. like booty. It was like trash. Oh. <laughs> Is that what booty means? Well, I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> it means trash. I say a lot of things that don't make sense. So let's go. <laughs> so okay. I don't remember it being bad. I still have it. I should I should fire it up. Yeah, I just remember I... playing it with my dad. So oh. because it's a core memory, I imagine it is a good game. It's the Top Gun game that was booty. Okay. On Nintendo, because you could never land the Why freaking. Why are you so mad at booty? <laughs> booty's well, great. I've never heard you use the do word do? booty before. This is new. Uh, I, maybe I'm mixing. I it guess with it's bougie. like calling it ass. <laughs> bougie. Yeah, it's ass. Yeah. All right, what's next? Um, from Jay Superboy. Hey John, <laughs> did catch the first episode of Fraser the sequel series? Uh, Fraser's son is like the firefighter version of his grandfather, and Niles' son is just adorable. And <laughs> Fraser is classic Fraser. Keep it filthy. I I am actually looking forward to watching it. I I was intrigued by it, but I've heard a, I've had a number of you guys actually writing into the show saying, "Hey, Fraser's really good." And then I read the LA Times review, and they said it was actually surprisingly good. So yeah, and it's on Paramount Plus, right? Yeah. Paramount Plus. I'm going to check it out. I'm 100% going to check it out. All right, what's next? From Wesley, this Monarch show is looking more like what should have been the first sequel after Godzilla 2014. Yep. I'm hyped. Wish it was a movie I could see in IMAX. You know, oh. we were talking about it yesterday. They might release Chris. episodes. It's how many episodes? No, I'm saying because he's saying he wishes in IMAX. Apple could release an episode or two in IMAX, you know, as a special. Um, we were talking about this yesterday, but, and I want to know what you think about this. That Monarch trailer. Monarch looks more movie quality than the MCU's Disney Plus shows look like movie quality. Yep. Like it it looks outstanding. Oh yeah, it's stunning. Like visually with the monsters and everything, it's like that, that this does not look like it's television. Uh, and, and he says that it, maybe it should be released as a movie, but a series like this where you are amped just to see Godzilla, like every week the anticipation of when Godzilla is going to appear, it's going to work for me so good. Like, I mean, if he doesn't appear in this week, it's, he might come out next. You know, it's going to be great, I think. All right. Two more questions. What's next? Sorry, real fast. I just want you guys to know, because Calvin alerted me in the chat here. Um, we have new images from Avatar, so y'all have so much fun talking about that tomorrow from Last Airbender. And oh, look, Netflix's Avatar. Yes. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that tomorrow. That look fun. Okay. By the way, when is that supposed to come out? 2024? I, I don't I think believe a... so. Yeah, debut in 2024. I just don't know when. Yeah, there's no okay. specific date on it. Yeah, yet. at least with that Wolverine game, we know fall of 2024. All right, what's next? Uh, Mike Hudspeth. Hey, fam. Do you guys think that the general audience is more critical of films now that they were now than they were in the past? I've been rewatching cinema classics over the past several weeks, and I feel that if some of these classics were released today, <laughs> people would trash them. Would love to know your thoughts. Love y'all. It's that, an impossible... Yeah, that's kind of a malgus there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's an impossible statement to to verify those movies deny. were of their time and plus there's and, a platform and now. people's sensibilities were different right. at that time and then also like ray saying we have a platform called like what is it shitter or excretion or something like that yeah so everyone has an opinion yeah and so it's just excretion. like so it's just like everyone's just gonna crap on things yeah, like yeah. you just hear a lot more you got that but only if you were like at the comic shop or whatever like it or a barbershop or wherever like now it's everywhere so Remember movie reviews when you had to buy the paper just to read the reviews of like certain yeah. movies or like the Mac? Well, I would stay up and watch Entertainment Tonight so I could see Leonard Moulton review movies or stuff like that when mm -hmm. I was a kid. But all right, what's next? All right. From Temple, D.C., 
on, or, oh, so, sorry. Oh, Kisinema? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. From Casinema. Have you seen the Invincible Adam Eve special? If so, what did you think? I still haven't. I, I still didn't watch, watch it either. It. You know, I don't know. I love Invincible. Same. I know. You guys aren't going I, back I, I never felt an urgency that I had to go watch the Adam Eve thing. Same. Though. And I love that show. And I love those comics. But yeah. And, and by the way, that's not saying like I didn't like the character Adam Eve. I'm trying to think if it was any secondary character, like even Alan the Alien, I don't know if they could have put out any secondary character special that I would have felt an urgency to go watch it. Yeah. Unless it was Omni-Man, maybe Omni-Man. Like mm -hmm. if they did an Omni-Man special, maybe, but yeah, I, I just didn't feel an urgency to watch anything. Yeah. It's just kind of in my, my lineup of what I need to watch. And then instead I'm finding myself watching, you know, Bake Off. <laughs> All right, last question of the day. Wow. From Cody Hunt. Considering it seems like Loki is one of the few connective tissues that MCU has going right now, do you now consider Loki the face of the MCU? No, he's not. But he could be. Yeah. Um, he, I, I mean, I, I, I really think, but he's not going to become the face of the MCU being on Disney+. Plus. Um, I think there was an opportunity to position Loki more like the face of the MCU or one of the faces of the MCU, but they never had that on their radar and they certainly never did took steps to kind of maybe bring that to fruition. You know, I like a Loki se uh, season one more, more, more than, than most. Yeah, yeah, I didn't love people. it. And I, when this season was coming out, I was like, I'm not really excited for this, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then I watched the first episode. I didn't realize how good Tom Hiddleston is as playing. He's fabulous. I am so like so pro Loki right now. Like I can yeah. see him as a face. He's he's so charming in that role. Mm -hmm. He's like very good in the role. So, all right, guys, and that's all the time we have today. So that'll do it for this installment of the John Campy Show podcast. Thank you so much for being here, making the show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those questions, whether you're one of our beloved YouTube channel members or you're watching live and sent in a super chat. Number one, because you gave us interesting things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it and all of us involved with the show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. Uh, don't forget to come on back and join us again tomorrow for the next installment of the John Campus Show podcast. I also want to let those of you guys who are channel members aware tomorrow, there is going to be a uh, channel members town hall meeting. So I will drop the exact time. It'll be tomorrow afternoon sometime. I'll give you the specific time. Keep your eyes open in the community tab. So for everybody in the room, Ray Aura. Booty. <laughs> Jonathan Voico. See you tomorrow. <laughs> I got nothing. What the hell happened? Next camera. Chris Carr. Next camera. Bye, guys. My name's John Campion. Until next time, my friends. Bye-bye.